This is Street Signals, a weekly conversation about markets and macro brought to you by State Street Global Markets. I'm your host, Tim Graff, head of macro strategy for EMEA at State Street, based in London. Over the last 10 years, the US IT sector has outperformed the S&P 500, excluding IT, by 181%. Not 181 basis points, 181%. Other U.S. stocks did very well. The S&P 500 excluding IT still more than doubled in that time period, and that's not even accounting for dividends or buybacks. But it's clear that tech stocks have been a huge source of returns for investors. IT makes up about a quarter of the U.S. index, and the U.S. makes up about 60% of global equity market cap. So that 15% chunk of global equities It's been one of the greatest sources of wealth creation in modern times. Now, last year, unsurprisingly, when all markets were selling off amidst higher inflation and tighter central bank policy, tech stocks underperformed by around 20%. And the thesis then was that higher yields were damaging the sector. These companies usually don't pay dividends. They're often thought of as long-duration assets that are very sensitive to rising rates. And that played out for a little while. However, Tech has since recovered pretty smartly, and that's with yields moving back to their highs of the year. So it's unclear if rates actually do matter as much. But we're starting to wonder if maybe there are other signs emerging that this run for tech might be petering out. After hearing some of the numbers that I just gave you, it probably won't surprise you to hear that IT stocks are far and away the biggest sector overweight that institutional investors hold in equities. That's according to our investor behavior indicators. And they've been selling out of this of late. Last week, Lee Farage and I talked about how tighter policy could yet be a weight on equities. So IT surely wouldn't escape that. And the timing of this change in flow is pretty noteworthy, I think. Now, Anthe Tsuvali from our equity team is here to talk about this with us this week, as well as to give us an update on Q2 earnings season. Anthe, welcome back to Street Signals. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. So first question for you, how would you characterize the earnings performance of the tech sector so far, both this quarter as well as over the last year? Tech companies had overall a very good earnings reporting season so far. And and try to give you some perspective, uh, 73% of tech companies beat estimates globally, while the market average stands now at around 68%. And actually, if we look just at the U.S. technology, there we're talking about a stunning 93% uh, of companies having beat estimates. As you can see, it's a very good earnings reporting season for tech companies, probably the best that we have seen uh, over the last two years. Having said that, that comes from a very low bar compared to where we were pre-COVID or or even during COVID into 2021. Uh, What we have heard so far from from tech uh, companies is that they continue to see very robust demand, uh, profitability is good, and they're looking at very closely to to different avenues so that they can improve that uh, uh, bottom line. For example, AI is something that everyone is focusing on uh, and see how that can affect profitability. But of course, the the one thing that is always very interesting to to think about is guidance. And what has happened this time around is that guidance that tech companies gave for the end of uh, the year, the end of 2023, uh, has actually been slightly lower. It has kept up better uh, than the, the overall market. 
right? So, so, so far, uh, things are, are going very well. And if I had to compare it to, um, to last year, is that last year's sentiment around tech companies was, uh, was very different. As you said in the, in the introduction, uh, their long duration element was a red flag for investors. Despite a, a robust earnings uh, season uh, or earnings growth compared to the rest of the, the market. So tech adjusted considerably, whether we're talking about prices uh, or, or position. And, and that's why tech companies took a few measures to maintain that profitability. Compared to other sectors, they're ahead when we're talking about cost cutting. Uh, they've announced a lot of uh, layoffs. So that's another reason why profitability has been where it is today uh, when we look at one year back. There's other elements of that profitability story I'm, I, I want to come back to, particularly the balance between tech hardware or, or goods, I guess, and services. Without wanting to get too sidetracked by this, I wanted to see if you could also just talk about earnings more generally so far. I mean, again, you said last year we were starting to look at tech as potentially having these duration-like qualities where a slowdown was coming, maybe an earnings recession. Well, it doesn't feel like an earnings recession is coming. What would you say about that at this point now? Do you see signs of an earnings earnings recession more generally? No, we don't. Uh, and the reason why I say that, we've seen that over the last three to four quarters, earnings have uh, have gone down. So we're talking about contraction, actually, probably earnings not growing as much, but we're still very close to uh, or slightly higher than pre-COVID level. So that to me doesn't really talk about earnings recession. And, uh, mm. and again, if I look at uh, expectations and, and guidance, uh, if anything, what is emerging out of this uh, earnings reporting season is that there is an expectation for uh, soft landing. So when we're seeing about expe- short-term expectations, then we're seeing that these are going down. But then again, analysts or markets expect that earnings are going to go up and raise again, rise again uh, in 2024. So that is not uh, what a typical earning recession looks like. Mm. Now let's, okay, so let's now focus on the tech side where clearly, as you said, they're getting ahead of things on cost cutting. There's no real sign of an earnings recession quite yet. Uh, but I mentioned that mix of, of offerings that the tech sector has. And one of the really interesting things that I saw last week from Apple's results was you know, they missed on revenues overall. There's weakness on the hardware side, but profitability improved. And you know, surely cost cutting is is some of this, but really for Apple specifically, and, and I don't want to just talk about a single stock. I think in general, there is this greater weight to services that certainly helped them and I, I suspect could help other companies. But to what extent do you think tech companies can now use this kind of rotation, I guess, in revenue towards these higher margin aspects? Is this a cycle that is still in its infancy when you look at things like, say, for Apple, again, where you have apps, you have music, you have TV. Where are we in that portion of the cycle of kind of rotating from what you traditionally think of as tech versus the more service elements? So this is actually something that is not unique to Apple, but something mm. that most tech companies are looking at for a while now. Uh, let's not forget that those companies, and especially where we're talking about the, the mega caps, are mature by now, and where the technologies that they use and the products they have are not new or not very innovative anymore. So 
what we're trying to create is a better ecosystem around those technologies and those big products, as you mentioned, creating around uh, the iPhone or Apple products. And, and probably Microsoft is another company that has been able to do that. So they're moving more to services, to a subscription model. Uh, and that tends to be the key. It has very stable earnings, probably higher margins while they're trying to, to move to, to other segments. And we've heard about a lot of uh, companies that they, they talked uh, in previous years about the cloud space. Now mm. they're talking about AI. So there is this move towards higher margin, more stable earnings. So this is definitely something that uh, that we're seeing. And as I said, it's not just unique to, to Apple or Microsoft, but it is uh, a trend that we're seeing, especially in the larger cap part of, uh, uh, of technology companies. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. This isn't a typical podcast ad, so don't worry. I'm not going to try and sell you meals delivered fresh to your doorstep or offer you online solutions to your recruiting needs. But what I do want to highlight is our upcoming research event for clients of State Street taking place September 13th and 14th at the Weston Boston Seaport District, right near our headquarters in Boston. It's a chance to connect with innovative thinkers and experts from across our industry, and we'll be hoping to answer some of the most important questions facing markets using some of the research tools that we've talked a lot about on episodes of this podcast, like whether investor cash levels offer any further support for markets for the remainder of this year and into next, or what are the chances that disinflation will reverse and what does that mean for fixed income markets? We'll also take a look at consensus risk on things like the US dollar and whether that has evolved and whether the dollar will be a safe haven or a risky currency next year. And we'll use some of the research we've definitely covered on this podcast, talking through how to determine the most relevant historical analogies for the current environment and then what they signal for the next year. As always, many of our academic partners will be in attendance and speaking, and you'll get to hear from a lot of the folks on the strategy team who I work with as well. It's just generally a good time. So talk to your State Street representative about registering. We'll hopefully see you there. Okay, back to the podcast. Actually, you mentioned AI, and, and, and it just got me thinking. This is, of course, as you've said, it's sort of this theme that people have picked up on, whether it's the chip makers or more service-related offerings that are coming out from some of these big tech names. I'm just wondering, is you know, kind of the opposite of the question that I just asked then, is there actually more room for hardware elements to, to start to play a leading role again? I, I don't really know the margin picture here. Is that something that would be fair to say, do you think? Yes, we could see that. And actually, you know, it's uh, it's a cyclical after all. So we're seeing those cycles where when we saw the pickup in demand for phones and, and cell phones and, and then that that sort of came down. So we st- they started thinking about those services. Then now we're waiting for the next big thing. And I think all this hype around AI is because everyone thinks that that might be the new big thing that everyone is talking about. Probably we're going to be see an increase uh, in demand for for hardware, uh, which tends to be very high margin, especially in the beginning. And then what comes, what products or other additional services that come around that later in the cycle of developing that uh, that technology. Okay. Now, let's go to the point I made in the introduction about the selling we're actually seeing now. It's interesting because we're coming through and have gotten through largely what has been a great earnings season, as you've talked about. And yet we have these indicators of institutional investor positioning, which show no surprise, again, 
that tech is the big overweight out there. At a global level, that is, on a sector basis, far and away the biggest position. And actually, we're seeing selling against that. And what's even more interesting about that is we're seeing risk-taking take place and ramp up elsewhere as there is some element of, of kind of return chasing or FOMO. But interestingly, when it comes to institutional investors, it's not happening in the place where FOMO might be most powerful, I think. How would you contextualize the selling that we're seeing in tech right now, you know, maybe relative to other points in the cycle when investors were lightening up risk? Yeah, so this is something that we don't usually see. Um, so the, the pattern that we've seen in the past is that when companies report and have very good results, then there is a high correlation between that and flows and, and prices go up. Institutional investors are probably now taking profits from, uh, from technology companies, from a sector that has done very well this year. Uh, and that's where, as you said, where they hold by far the largest position. And we are in a data-driven market. So uh, we're focusing and paying a lot of attention to what central banks are saying, where policy is going. Institutional investors are not ready because of the uncertainty to make big bets uh, and stay with them. So there is indeed an aspect of FOMO. This has not actually been part of the, the recent rally, probably because it, it played out in the, the early part of the, the year. Uh, so I think that investors are a little bit reluctant to, to increase those positions now. If we're going for um, for a recession, probably tech is where you need to, to hide. If we're not and we're talking more of a soft landing or even still some people think that we could see rate cuts uh, uh, early next year, then they should be able to rotate faster to, to the more value part of the equity universe. So I would think that probably this is a dynamic that we will stay with us for, for a while because of that overall uncertainty in the market. Then as a consequence of that, I, I want to think about that rate element because as I introduced and as you just talked about, it's sort of gone both ways. You certainly had a response to tech when rates were rising, when the Fed was surprising, or at least the market was behind the curve in terms of pricing what the Fed was doing and had to catch up. And tighter policy did hurt growth stocks. As I said, they underperformed 20% last year against the broader index. But this year has been different. And that is even with expectations for the Fed being revised up or cuts being taken out, I guess, this year. And it does appear that it is on a bit better footing. Longer term, how sensitive do you really think the sector is? Does, does the cash-rich balance that these companies typically hold on their balance sheet mitigate that somewhat? Or is this just kind of a matter of time where higher rates eventually will bite and you will see that underperformance return? Yeah, so that's a very good question. So as you said, last year, tech was uh, only seen as a long duration play that doesn't pay dividends and it lagged and it was pen penalized for, for all that. However, it is indeed a cash rich sector, one that actually gives back to shareholders in terms of buybacks. So um, they were able to, to actually navigate the, the rising rates better than most companies and, and we're seeing the results 
results of that right now, where we're paying a little bit more attention on, on earnings, on uh, micro news. Um, so I don't think that 10 companies are as sensitive to rates as most of people believe. And having said that, I think that they're actually, uh, we have the profitable versus the unprofitable tech um, that we've dis- discussed in the past. And, and there are part of the index that they're more dependent on global growth and availability of cheap funding, but the big tech and the larger names are not. Of course, they have to be a little bit more prudent in the new projects they take on. Cost of capital has uh, has increased, but those companies are going to be okay. We're probably going to be see some impact on of higher rates on the smaller cap part of uh, of tech, where those companies are not as profitable. They still depend on seed financing. So I would think that uh, what we're going to see as a next phase, we're probably going to see more M&A activity. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, this is a bit of a macro call, but I wanted to see if you could combine that with a macro view, that notion of M&A, the notion that there, there will maybe be some bifurcation amongst companies within the sector. I mean, what is your long-term outlook? It's something we've loved for years. We've loved U.S. equities as a consequence of that. We've been underweight countries that don't have tech concentration. Do you think that's the right playbook for the next, say, year, maybe into the end of 2024? You know, I have to admit, we still love technology. Ah, <laughs> and and we probably... <laughs> yeah, it's probably our bias as a as a team. There are certain things that we don't like. Of course, these are stocks that uh, where valuations are full. Uh, as we mentioned, the, it's a consensus trade, so positions are uh, extended. Uh, it has worked, and, and it's a sector where uh, earnings are relatively better compared to uh, to the rest of the the market. And if we are whether we believe that we're in for a soft Landing or a recession, investors now are willing to pay for growth. And what a better place to find growth uh, than tech for all the reasons that we uh, we just talked about. So it's a sector that offers quality, high quality earnings, has very strong cash flow generation, still gives uh, back to, to shareholders in terms of, of buybacks. So it's very hard to find uh, another sector like, uh, like Vision. And as you mentioned in the introduction, Production. tech sector has really outperformed the, the market considerably. We probably don't expect that we're going to see that again, but we conti- we think that it will still keep uh, outperforming the, the wider equity market. So yes, we still like, uh, like technology. Just maybe wait for the selling to stop then before you start reloading. Is that right? Yeah, so we hope to start seeing that, but still, uh, prices are 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 going up. Uh, it's still the year of of tech, uh, so hopefully these are small bumps uh, into a long prosperous way for for technology stocks. Very good. Well, Anthony, I appreciate you taking the time to go through it with us. We don't often do deep dives on this podcast, and it's good to finally do one. So, thank you so much for joining us, and and thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Street Signals from the research team at State Street Global Markets. This podcast and all of our research can be found at our web portal, Insights. There, you'll be able to find all of our latest thinking on macroeconomics and markets, where we leverage our deep experience in research on investor behavior, inflation, risk, and media sentiment, all of which goes into building an award-winning strategy product. 
If you're a client of State Street, hit us up there at globalmarkets.statestreet.com. We'll see you next time. This communication is provided by State Street Bank and Trust Company, hereafter referred to as State Street, and is for informational purposes only and is not intended to suggest or recommend any transaction, investment, or investment strategy. It does not constitute investment research, nor does it purport to be comprehensive or intended to replace the exercise of an investor's own careful, independent review and judgment regarding any investment decision. This communication and the information herein does not constitute investment, legal, or tax advice, and is not a solicitation to buy or sell securities or any financial instrument nor is it intended to constitute a binding contractual arrangement or commitment by State Street of any kind. The information provided does not take into account any particular investment objectives, strategies, investment horizon, or tax status. The views expressed herein are the views of State Street as of the date specified and are subject to change without notice based on market and other conditions. The information provided herein has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable at the time of publication. Nonetheless, we make no representations or assurances that the information is complete or accurate, and you should not place any reliance on said information. State Street hereby disclaims any warranty and all liability, whether arising in contract, tort, or otherwise, for any losses, liabilities, damages, expenses, or costs, either direct, indirect, consequential, special, or punitive, arising from or in connection with any use of this communication and or the information herein. State Street or its affiliates may from time to time as principal or agent for its own account or for those of its clients have positions in and or actively trade in financial instruments or other products identical to or economically related to those discussed in this communication. State Street may have a commercial relationship with issuers of financial instruments or other products discussed in this communication. This communication may contain information deemed to be forward-looking statements. These statements are based on assumptions, analyses, and expectations of State Street in light of its experience and perception of historical trends, current conditions, expected future developments, and other factors it believes appropriate under the circumstances. All information is subject to change without notice. This communication or any portion hereof may not be redistributed without the prior written consent of State Street. Past performance is no guarantee of future results.